Welcome, everyone, to the latest episode of the Here's Johnny podcast. This is the final of a, a four-part series we've been doing this season, um, looking at some stop-motion animation films from our childhood. Uh, this week is James and the Giant Peach. Um, it is the 27th anniversary of the film. 27. Wow. <laughs> uh, yep. Fuck. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. It came out April 12, 1996. Oh, so I would have just been, oh my god, 1996. I would have been about to turn seven or eight? I don't know, I'm not great with math <laughs> right now. Anyways. I would have turned five. I would, I would have turned five that year. Yeah. <sighs> but uh, that's what we're reviewing this week. So no scores, more just kind of talking about it. I have a bunch of background on it because I kind of went down a rabbit I was telling you yeah, a little bit. I went down this rabbit hole because this was crazy stuff, but... Uh, before we get into that, Justin, what's new with you, friend? Uh, well, I told you how much I worked last week, so nothing, uh, really. Yes. Uh, uh, I worked an exorbitant amount of time last week. Um, but uh, today, was it today or was it yesterday? Oh, my days are kind of mixing together. Um, either yesterday or today, I, I loaded <laughs> up a uh, uh, Ocarina of Time randomizer on my Steam Deck. Oh, fun. Yeah, so I've been playing through that. Uh, I have it so, like everything will randomize from like song locations the source. so you can be hard locked then no so the, the, soft locked. there there is an option that like there where it's like the logic will make sense and i have oh, that okay. cho- chosen so like for example uh especially if you open if you there's like two options you can pick where it's like uh coke the the forest open and um the temple of time open so no matter what you can like just you can leave the forest right away because sometimes you don't have the items to do yeah uh, the daycare tree and then i can like switch back and forth between adult link and young link i have because i've watched those dark souls randomizers and i've seen people like like spend a lot of time looking for items only to find out that they're behind locks yeah, so the good thing with um, the the Zooter is uh, it, it, it comes with, like, a spoil log that you can look at if you need to, and it'll oh, okay. tell you where each item is. Oh, I haven't nice. had to, I haven't okay. had to look at it yet. I've been going kind of off memory of, like, because, I mean, like, yeah. it's, like, in, like, secret grottos that you have to, like, know mm-hmm. where to stand to play the Song of Storms and know where to bomb in the middle of the Hyrule Field. You, like, have to know that stuff inherently. Yep. So it's making it a lot harder, for sure. Um, but I, th- I, I beat like one dungeon, <laughs> one. But mm. I, I get, I gave myself, I think like, two random starting items, and it just so happened to be I got one. I had one of the spiritual stones when I started, and I got. You know, I was just thinking about as you're describing that. What? We talked about in our Patreon section games that could do with like a remake, like Resident Evil Four. Could you imagine? Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask oh, dude. getting upgraded to the level of like a Resident Evil 4 remake. It, that would be just absolutely fantastic. Could you imagine? <laughs> I would. I Nintendo like, never will because no. they're assholes. No, they will. But they, my they, God. Like, I don't think there's lots of times when they will like dip back into that pond. I know they did for Metroid Prime, but I, I'm sitting here. I'm trying to think of other games that they have like remade. Pokemon they remastered play. a ton, but yeah, they'll remaster them and like re-release them, but they won't actually go back and like rebuild things from the ground up. God, but damn, that would be amazing. 
That'd be cool. And, and I'm, I'm kind of trying to get myself in the spirit of uh, Legend of Zelda for Tears of the Kingdom. I did play yep. like 10 minutes of Breath of the Wild today, and I was like, no, I can't. You I, told me not to. I know. You told I, me not to. So I played 10 minutes of it, and I was like, you know what? I climbed a mountain, basically, and I was like, you know what? No, I got to put it down. I don't want to, like, spoil the magic. But it sucks because every night when I go to bed, I put my sleep timer on, and I just, like, zone mm-hmm. out and watch, like, speed runs. And they've been playing a lot of Tears of the Kingdom trailers. I will send you can watch some. There's people who do what I watch is like people who will play Pokemon games with only one Pokemon, but like oh. their voices are very soothing. <laughs> oh, I, I turn the volume all the way down because Michelle can't sleep unless oh. I do. Um, but okay. I have been watching a lot of like uh, Ocarina of Time randomizer runs and like okay. races and stuff. That stuff just like yeah, it's so the cool. hell of me like so much. Yeah, some of the best content on Twitch is the speedrunners and like the randomizer speedrunners and like the races and all that. I, I love randomizer races; they're they're so much fun. But yeah, so other than that though, um, I've been playing a VR game that I cannot talk about yet. Okay, I, the one I told you about yesterday, I think. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm excited to be able to talk about that. Um, and I think, and then uh, oh, and I watched. Uh, James and the Giant Peach and Constantine. Okay. Uh, but that's about it for me. What about you, Larry? Uh, I'm still watching SAO Season 3. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of getting some like Final Fantasy vibes off of this season. Interesting. Um, because of what the story is. I don't want to spoil it for any, you or anybody, but yeah, yeah. It, SAO is never going to be like a top-tier anime, but it's it's good, and I think a lot of like the sexualization that kind of happens in... like. End season one, beginning of season two. Oh, lovely! It's just gone. Oh, good, 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 good. Um, movies. I watched Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol. That was okay. Yeah, it was okay. Oh. It was miss missing a good villain. Speaking of movies, I am. Yep. I did uh, secretly buy my family tickets to the Super Mario Brothers movie for cool. Easter Sunday. We're gonna go and watch. Right, that we're going movie. on Tuesday. Oh, we're going shit. on Tuesday. Okay. Next Tuesday, yeah. All right. Well, I I'm will hold. I, all I want to thoughts. avoid the audience. Yeah, I will uh, avoid all thoughts until we'll I know. We'll Thursday. We can talk about it. What's that? We'll talk about. I'm sure we'll talk about it next Thursday. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. We will. Yeah. Uh, I watched Spirited Away. Oh nice. I have to say, I was kind of disappointed. Okay. Because that was the one I had heard the most about. Okay. And it's not that it was bad or anything. It was just like that's like the one I heard the most of, and it felt very similar to all the ones that had kind of come before. I didn't feel like it did anything different, but it was still good. It was just it had been built up so much. So where is the um, Baby Yoda short in your very end? Because I'm watching it all. Because I'm watching it all chronologically, so it's like okay. I have many there. The next one's called The Cat Returns. Oh, I think, yeah, I think that is. Isn't that about uh, Totoro or something? I don't know. I'm talking to my ass. I've seen, like, two of those movies. <laughs> and then I watched James and Giant Peach. Uh, I'm continuing my Resident Evil 4 trophy cleanup. Uh, I missed one fucking treasure in the village at the very end. Do you know what one it was? Like, where? It was, like, right before the Mendez fight. Oh. Uh... And I thought I got it, and I must not have, and disappointing. But I'm playing Final Fantasy VII as well. Uh, I just got the submarine, so I'm doing all that stuff. I went to Lucretia's cave and got Vincent his crap. 
I'm getting ready to go to the the crash Galinka, right? That's what it's called. Like the, basically, the area where you can do some. Yeah, the Galnica. Galnica. Yep. So I'm just doing some of that stuff, doing some cleanup. I have one more huge materia to get, but um, I mean, this is honestly the part of the game that always slows me down is where I kind of slow down anyway. Is when Cloud falls out of the party, and you have to do that stuff without Cloud, and you have to go do like Cloud's memory stuff. It's not that it's not good. It's, oh, it's just, just a lot of fucking clicking. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's <laughs> a lot know of that, like, And there's yeah. no revelation anymore because we know. So, yeah. Um, and then I downloaded uh, Pokemon Trading Card Game Live, which is like their new version of PTCGO. Um, it's really good. And it's luckily scratching the itch I had of getting back into like, a trading card game without me having to spend any money. Oh, it's free? Which is, it's free. For now. Forever. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> uh, books. I finished the final Percy Jackson book, The Last Olympian. Um, I liked it. I had a good time with it. I love like the Greek mythology and stuff. But I think it's definitely aimed for a younger audience. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I yeah. think it's definitely for like 5th, 6th graders as opposed to like 7th, 8th graders. I think there's okay. a really clear gap there. Um, I'm almost finished with You Just Need to Lose Weight by Aubrey Gordon. And then I started the second Fear Street audiobook, Don't Stay Up Late. Are you still kind of meh on them? Yeah. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> it's fine. Like, they're like six hours long, so they're oh, not, okay. like, so it's not like crazy or anything. Yeah. yeah. So... And I usually listen to them when I'm working, so it's nice to not be, like, too sucked in. Yeah. Um, the other thing is WrestleMania. Uh, I watched the main event of Night 1 with Rachel over Skype. That was fun. Night 2 was oh, terrible. Really? Wrong. Yeah, the wrong the wrong person won on Night 2, and then WWE sold the next day, and now Vince McMahon is back in control of creative, and he did a lot of really shitty stuff on... Monday Night Raw, and put it in perspective, there's this podcaster I listen to who actually finds his opinions on the sport to be really, really good. I mean, he holds Twitter polls after like every live event or every pay-per-view or whatever. And Saturday Night's pay-per-view got a 92% thumbs up, which is like really good. Monday Night Raw's review, the user poll with over like 5,000 people voting, eight percent thumbs up oh really that bad so i have a question how long is wrestlemania like each night how long was the Sat- one, yeah how long was the one you watched with rachel so rachel only watched the main event with me oh, okay oh i thought you made her watch the whole thing that's what i was like oh fuck no okay I'm, no there's no way i would do that uh no so four hours each oh, Jesus night Christ. <laughs> It's once a year. Yeah. Although they, I think they should, because the second night wasn't just, just wasn't as good. Yeah. They should just go back to doing it one night, but why would they when they're making money hand over fist? Yeah, that's fair. But with that, Justin, you want to talk about some peaches? Yeah. My name is James. That's what mother called me. My name is James. So it's always been Sometimes I forget When I'm lonely or afraid 
shown anyone. I'm moving to the country, I'm gonna eat me a lot of peaches. I'm moving to the country, I'm gonna eat a lot of peaches. I'm moving to the country, I'm gonna eat a lot of peaches. Alright, so like I said earlier, it was released on April 12th, 1996 from director Henry Selleck, who was the director of Nightmare Before Christmas, and it's produced by Tim Burton and Denise DeNova, both of whom were also producers of Nightmare Before Christmas. So we're kind of getting some same people back. That'll be a theme. It is based on the 1961 novel of the same name by Roald Dahl. He was a British popular author of children's literature and short stories. He was a poet a war- and a wartime fighter pilot. Oh, I didn't know about the wartime fighter pilot. That's pretty Either cool. did I. His books have sold more than 300 million copies worldwide. He was born in Wales to an affluent Norwegian immigrant parents and spent most of his life in England. Like I said, he served in the Royal Air Force during the Second World War. He rose to prominence as a writer in the 1940s with his works for children and for adults, and he became one of the world's best-selling authors. His awards for contribution to literature include the 1983 World Fantasy Award for Lifetime Achievement and the British Book Awards Children's Author of the Year in 1990. In 2008, the Times placed Dahl 16th on its list of 50 greatest British writers since 1945, and in 2021, Forbes ranked him the top-earning deceased celebrity. Damn. So this is like kind of a random side thought that just kind of came into mind. So my grandfather was a pilot in oh, cool. World War II. I wonder if they ever met <laughs> Maybe, yeah. maybe. Hmm. Anyway, sorry. I just I had so, to get like that in, or else it was going to be no, eating at me the whole real, time. No, that's really cool. Uh, Doll's short stories are known for their unexpected endings, and his children books for their unsentimental, macabre, and often darkly comic mood, featuring villainous adult enemies of the children characters. His children books champion the kind-heartedness and feature an underlying warm sentiment. His works include James and the Giant Peach, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Matilda, The Witches, Fantastic Mr. Fox, The Big Friendly Giant, The Twits, George's Marvelous Medicine, and Danny, the Champion of the World. Some of his work for older audience include Tales of the Unexpected and The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar and Six More. Hmm. I knew most about the kids. Me too. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I I didn't even know he wrote for adults, so that was kind of cool. Um, the film is a combination of live-action stop-motion animation. The cast is really quite incredible. This is why I texted Justin about today. Uh, and it was led by then-newcomer Paul Terry, who played James. He had one other role, Justin. It was on a BBC Disney Channel production of a sitcom called Micro Soap. It was aimed for children. Listen to this premise. It's about two children whose parents just divorced... But the parents don't want the kids to deal with the stress of the divorce, so they all still live together, but the parents are dating other people. It's absolutely family-friendly fun right there. <laughs> <laughs> so it is, um, So he hasn't done anything else? No, those are the only two things. Damn. Okay. Yeah. Respect the game, you know? So, 
Other members of our cast here. We have Miriam Margolis. She plays Aunt Sponge and Mrs. Glowworm. She is a British-Australian actress. She has gained prominence as a character actor on stage and screen. She received a BAFTA for Best Actress in a Supporting Role for her role in Martin Scorsese's The Age of Innocence. And most people recognize her probably as Professor Sprout in the Harry Potter film series. Did you recognize her? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There are a few I people, like, even by voice. I know Richard Dreyfuss okay. is in this. So, don't, don't, don't spoil okay, it. Don't spoil okay, it. Don't spoil okay, it. Okay. Uh, my girl was appointed Officer of the Order of the British Empire in 2002 New Year's Honors for Services to Drama. Okay. So she All was right. knighted. Uh, she has appeared in Little Shop of Horrors, Romeo yes. Plus Juliet, Being Julia. She's also known for her voice roles in Babe, Mulan, Happy Feet, Flushed Away, and Early Man. Who was she in uh, Mulan? I think she was the grandma. Okay. Interesting. I fucking love Mulan. That's interesting. <laughs> I yeah. do, too. It's got... When I was at West Point, they used to make us sing I'll Make a Man Out of You when we were oh, getting trained. Amazing. And there's a lot of things that West Point ruined <laughs> for me. That is not one of them. Good. Good. <laughs> Joanna Lumley plays Aunt Spiker. She is a presenter, former model, author, teleproducer, and activist. She won two BAFTA TV awards for her role as Patsy Stone in the BBC sitcom Absolutely Famous. And she was nominated for the 2011 Tony Award for Best Featured Actress in a Play for the show for the Broadway revival of La Bette. Other TV credits include The New Avengers, Sapphire and Steel, Sensitive Skin, Jam and Jerusalem, and Finding Alice, as well as playing Elaine Perkins in Coronation Street. Her film appearances, and this is where I recognized her from, was on Her Majesty's Secret Service, Trail of the Pink Panther, Shirley's Valentine, Ella Enchanted. She was in Corpse Bride. She plays the rich girl's mom. Who was she in Ella Enchanted? Oh, wait, no, sure. I, that's the new one, right? No, that's 2004. Oh. Hmm. I, I, I recognized her from Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, okay. She is Leonardo DiCaprio's wife's I seen aunt. The okay. Uh, she's an advocate and human rights activist for Survival International and the Gurkha Justice Campaign. She supports charities and animal welfare groups such as Compassion and World Farming and Vegetarians International Voice for Animals. She, made, she was made a dame. In 2022, New Year's Honors for Services to Drama, Entertainment, and Charity. Awesome. This was kind of sad. I didn't know this. So Pete Postlewaite, he is the narrator slash magic man. Yeah. Uh, he was an English actor best known for his work as a character actor. Minor television appearances of his include The Professionals. Uh, Postlewaite's first major success, though, came from the British autobiographical film Distant Voices Still Lives. He had a breakthrough in Hollywood where he portrayed David in Alien 3. Yep. That I knew. I haven't seen it. And his international reputation was further solidified when he was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor for his performance in In the Name of the Father. Following this role, he portrayed the mysterious lawyer Mr. Kobayashi in Usual Suspects and went on to appear in a wide variety of other films. Uh... Director Steven Spielberg called him the best actor in the world after working with him on Amistad. He was made an officer of the British Empire in 2004. Less than a month after his death, he was nominated for a BAFTA award for his best actor in supporting role for his performance in The Town. For me, though, there are two roles that I recognize him from. One is as uh, Friar Lawrence in Romeo plus Juliet. Okay. 
Leonardo DiCaprio one. I love that. Dude, I love. Have you seen it? No. Oh, Justin, dude. It's one of my favorite movies ever. It's why I love Baz Luhrmann because it's like, it's Romeo and Juliet and it's the actual like, old English. Yeah. But they use guns instead of swords. And they're like overacting the ever loving shit out of it. Dude, it's so. Okay, well, we'll talk about that later. Uh, Then he also plays Brother Gilbert in Dragonheart. Oh, Dragonheart. Oh, man. I haven't seen that movie in fucking ages. <laughs> Mike Starr plays the beat cop. Did you recognize him? Okay, I did, but I could not place it. I believe he is. Hold on. Don't Google it. No, Don't I'm not. No, my hands are right here. Okay. Um. He, I know he's like, uh, uh, like a criminal. Yeah. And, oh, my God, the movie is like completely... He was a regular oh, cast member wait, wait, hold on. on Young and the Restless. Hold on, hold on, hold on. He was also in Dumb and Dumber, wasn't he? That's what it was. <laughs> yes. Dumb and Dumber, <laughs> yeah. Goodfellas, and Billy Bathgate. Yeah. Oh, man, Simon Callow yeah. <laughs> plays Mr. Grasshopper. Uh, he's a British actor, director, narrator, and writer, known for character actor on stage. Uh, he's received numerous accolades, including the Olivier Award and Screen Actors Guild Award, as well as several noms for BAFTA. He was made a commander of the Order of the British Empire for his services to the Queen in 1999. He rose to prominence, originating the title role of Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart in the 1979 Peter Schaefer play Amadeus, for which he received the Laurence Olivier Award for Best Actor. He joined Miles Foreman for the 1984 film adaptation of the same thing. Uh, do, 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 do. Other films, A Room with a View, Four Weddings and a Funeral, which both got BAFTA awards. Uh, other notable awards are Maurice, Howard's End, Shakespeare in Love, and Phantom of the Opera, the one with Jared Butler. TV roles that he had, he was Tom Chance in the Channel 4 series Chance in a Million, and then the Duke of Sarnium in Outlander, which I've never actually seen before. Um, Outlander? Mm-hmm. That's like the show, right? And it's like still yep. going? Uh, this one says 2014-2016. Oh, never mind. So maybe his character died? I have no idea what goes on in that show. Is it the time traveling one? I think so. Michelle watches the shit out of that show. It's like the horniest so TV- show I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> some other TV shows that he was in was Midsummer Murders, Rome, Angels in America, Doctor Who, Gallivant, Hawkeye, and The Witcher. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. One that Justin teased a little bit earlier was Richard Dreyfuss plays the centipede. Yep. And he's an American actor. Uh, He's known for starring in popular films during the 70s, 80s, and 90s, which include, but are not limited to, American Graffiti, Jaws, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, The Goodbye Girl, The Competition, Stand By Me, Down and Out in Beverly Hills, Stakeout Always, What About Bob, one of my favorite comedies ever, and Mr. Holland's Opus. Have you seen What About Bob? Uh, That is the one with, I can't think of his name. Bill Murray. And he is across, he's acting with... um, Oh my god, I can't remember that guy's name. Oh my god. Okay, I have to look it up to see if I'm right. It is... Fuck so it. the premise of What About Bob is Richard Dreyfuss is a psychiatrist, and Bill Murray is like a, like a, like a crazy guy or whatever, and like he, Richard Dreyfuss is going on vacation. He's like, you should go on vacation. So Bill Murray decides to go on vacation with his therapist, and his whole family loves him, but Richard Dreyfuss hates him because he's going crazy. I think I have seen this movie, yes. Okay. Uh, Dreyfus won the Academy Award for Best Actor in 1977 for The Goodbye Girl. At the time, he was the youngest ever actor to win at age 30. 
and he was nominated in 1995 for Mr. Holland's Opus. He won a Golden Globe, a BAFTA, and was nominated for the 2000, in 2002 for two SAG Awards for his portrayal of former Secretary of State Alexander Haig in the Showtime Network ensemble film The Day Reagan Was Shot. But he was not the only person to play the centipede. Jeff Bennett was the singing voice. He is an American voice actor who voiced Johnny Bravo. Oh, wow. <laughs> Dexter's dad in Dexter's Laboratory, Brooklyn in Gargoyles, and Kowalski in Penguins of Madagascar series. Dex. Oh, like Dexter's dad in Dexter's Laboratory. Sorry. Yes. Yep. I was like, De- that's not Dexter's <laughs> dad from Dexter. <laughs> In 2012, Bennett was awarded an Annie Award for his role in Penguins of Madagascar, and in 2016, he was awarded an Emmy for his role in Transformers Rescue Bots. He has been listed among the top names in the voiceover field. He has done some work for Studio Ghibli as well for their English dubs, and he has this monstrous list of video game work that he's done. Okay. I only included a couple. Leisure Suit Larry 6. Oh, my God. The original Fallout. Interesting. The original Baldur's Gate. Okay. The original Kingdom Hearts. He was the mayor of Halloween Town. GTE oh. GTA San Andreas. Who Kingdom was he Hearts in that? Two. I have no idea. I didn't play it, so I couldn't even place it. Okay. Kingdom Hearts Two, where he was Lumiere and Merlin. Okay. And I'm I'm talking like that was the biggest section of his credits on Wikipedia. Really? Okay. A ton of people, Justin. All right, we have a couple more. <laughs> Jane Leaves plays Mrs. Ladybug. Uh, this probably won't... I saw that name, and I immediately, my heart just jumped. She's Daphne from Frasier. Okay. Yeah, I... I know you aren't a big Frasier head like me, but yeah, she's Daphne from Frasier. Uh, she was nominated for an Emmy Award and a Golden Globe Award for her role as Daphne. Then we have Susan Sarandon, who plays Miss Spider. You're looking at the list for his... Yes. Video games. It's I'm insane, listening, right? but yes, I am. It it's is. It's an insane list. Susan Sarandon is an American actress and activist. She is a recipient of various accolades, including an Academy Award, a British Academy Film Award, and a Screen Actors Guild Award, in addition to nominations for a Daytime Emmy, six Primetime Emmys, nine Golden Globes. She began her acting career in the drama film Joe before appearing in a soap opera called A World Apart. In 1974, she co starred as Zelda Fitzgerald in the television film. Uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald in The Last of the Bells. The following year, she played Janet Weiss in the musical comedy Rocky Horror Picture Show. Sarandon was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Actress for Atlantic City, Thelma and Louise, Lorenzo's Oil, and The Client, before winning finally for Dead Man Walking. She also won the BAFTA Award for Best Actress in a Leading Role for The Client, Screen Actors Guild Award for Best Actress for Dead Man and Walking. Her other film roles include Pretty Baby, The Hunger, Witches of Eastwick, Bull Durham, White Palace, Little Women, Stepmom, Enchanted, Speed Racer, The Lovely Bones, Cloud Atlas, Tammy, The Meddler, and A Bad Mom's Christmas. She's also well known for her social and political activism. Sarandon was appointed a UNICEF Goodwill Ambassador in 1999 and received an Action Against Hunger Humanitarian Award in 2006. In November 2020, sorry, in November 2022, Sarandon joined the Halo Trust, the largest humanitarian mine clearance organization, as an ambassador. Hmm. That was kind of cool. Finally, we have David Thelewis, who plays Mr. Earthworm. Uh, he also has a crazy long thing. And I'm not going to get into all of it because we've been going on this for a while. 
But do you know what his big thing is? Why people would recognize him? No. He is Remus Lupin in the Harry Potter movies. Okay. Okay. All right. He I plays, know him. Yep. He's Ares uh, in the Wonder Woman movie. And then he got nominated for a bunch of awards for his performance in Fargo. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at his face right now. Okay. Okay, so you recognize him now? Yeah. The film was shot on a budget of $38 million, but it only grossed $37.7 million at the box office. Really? Mm-hmm. I only have a little bit of trivia because I spent so much time kind of diving into our cast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when Centipede opens the door to the pirate captain's quarters, he exclaims, A skeleton? And uh, Jack, the Jack Skellington. Yeah. The puppet head that was used is uh, the same that was used from Night Before Christmas. And when the centipede discovers the compass, he says jackpot. So, making it very clear if you didn't notice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, according to the newspaper, at the end of the film, the movie takes place in the year 1949. Okay. An evil storm cloud rhino, which is the antagonist force in James' life, in several shots, the evil ant's car is seen. With a rhinoceros hood ornament. Because they killed his parents. Yeah. Yeah. When the bugs are questioning Centipede's navigation skills and claims of world travel, they bring up his visit to Tripoli. His reply, did I say Tripoli? I meant the halls of Montezuma. This is a direct reference to the Marine Corps hymn, which contains the line from the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli. Cool. Yeah. So, that's what you got. Uh, do you want to do the quick summary of it? Not time, but this, the very quick what this movie's about? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I'll give you a break. You've been talking. <laughs> Thank you. I, I was actually while I'm trying to collect some spit. Yeah, so um, <laughs> this movie follows James. Uh, I already forget his last name, even though I rewatched this movie today with my daughter. Um, it follows James, and after his parents are killed, he goes to uh, live with his uh, horrible ants who horrible. are just like the worst people in the world. Yes. Um, and then the magic man appears to him and gives him like these, uh, what are they? They're shark tongues uh, boiled for 20 minutes in a witch's <laughs> They breath. look like, they look like, uh, they're uh, spiral in the dark rotini. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what they are. Um, and then he, uh, anyways, yeah, he gives them those and then they all, he, James being himself Scatter. drops them all uh, and then the ants come out to find him and he find they find a peach growing on their tree and then it, they look at that it starts growing bigger and bigger and bigger so they start selling tickets to come see it um, and then one night James is out and I think he like takes a bite of it I did, mm-hmm. I, this is one part that I, I I can't seem to remember how he actually gets inside of it um, because he sees one of the worms like hop into it and he reaches in to grab it and then he eats it right and then he climbs through it, and as he climbs through it, we kind of see the transformation from live action to claymation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we see all the the bugs and stuff that have lived in the ant's house are like alive and friendly, and kind of take him in. And they begin their adventure to uh, New York. Some crazy stuff happens with the mechanical shark. Uh, yes, <laughs> they get lost, and the whole Jack Skeleton stuff happens, and they find their way to New York, and. Uh, after fighting the rhinoceros cloud. After fighting the rhinoceros cloud, yes. Um, and then it goes back to real life, like live action, but the bugs are still there. 
and then they apparently everybody in New York eats this peach until its core is left, and then they build the core into like a house for James <laughs> in Central Park. It, yeah. yeah. All right. So for these stop motion, what we have done, we've done plot, acting, and soundtrack. Uh, and then how old are your kids before you show them this? Mm-hmm. And then we're going to do our final rankings afterwards. So for plot, I think you did a good job summarizing it. I think the story is really basic. It's basically about James finding an actual family after losing his own. Yeah, and he like com- overcomes his fears. That's like the, the big thing, right? The biggest thing that I guess I forgot about this until we were watching it this time. This is dark. It is starts dark and it doesn't get light until like the end yeah it's a pretty dark movie um i also forgot about that i also somehow forgot about like 90 percent of the live action stuff yeah guess what you said i forgot the parents died and they die like out of nowhere and fast yeah and it's just talk about how they ran over by a rhinoceros and that's why when i found that trivia about the ant's car having the rhino on the hood yeah the ant definitely killed his parents Oh, yeah, they're horrible people. They probably wanted some kind of insurance money or something. Yeah, they definitely killed his parents. Like, there's no doubt in my mind. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because the writers, like, never, like, like dignified or, like, said what, what it was, what actually killed his parents. It's just the rhino storm or whatever. Yeah. When I found that out, that blew my mind. And I'm telling you, like, this is dark. Oh, yeah, it is a very dark movie. I mean, a lot of these, like claymation movies are really yeah but yeah no this is like this because this movie is also like pretty short it's like an hour and 10 minutes or something like that yeah and it is 90 percent uh <laughs> dark and then like like mm-hmm. you said it gets like there's like two like a minute of happiness at the start of the movie and then like five minutes of happiness at the end yeah um yeah. It, it is fun them going on their adventure and i definitely like how every single one of the bugs was different and for some reason because it's been a long time since i've seen this i i think i mixed some of the bugs character characteristics or personalities between this and bugs life oh man that's another movie i'd love to watch i love because, life. because a lot of well a lot of like bug movies count this time we had bugs life we had this ants. we had ants exactly and so like i think a lot of them kind of blur together in my head but like i love the whole cast of the like, it's very similar to what we had in Nightmare Before Christmas. I think it was what Henry Selk's good at is, like, really developing these, like, really unique characters and then getting very good voice actors. And, and this, like, an astounding cast to yeah. kind of come in here and fill those roles. So I thought that was honestly brilliant. Yeah, no, it was. It, yes. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. it is. And I, I think the whole journey kind of from start to end is, like, I don't know. It's just kind of nice to like, like I'm a. I haven't actually read the book, but like you. Either have I actually. Not kind of like you. How you'd mentioned how all of his books have this like there is like a happy undertone to everything. Yeah. Um. And I mean, and you feel that here too, right? Because you can definitely, while everything is dark, you can see him kind of like getting closer to every one of the bugs and. Correct. Finding his family, I guess. Um. Okay. Acting and soundtrack. So I did not mention this on purpose. The soundtrack of this is not by Danny Elfman. It's by Randy Newman. Does that name sound familiar to you? Yeah, it's a jungle out here, and you got a friend in me, right? Is Toy that Story, correct. Yeah. Yep, it is. Good yeah. job, Justin. Uh, he also, funnily enough, did the theme for Meet the Parents. 
Of course. I love that fucking movie. But yeah, so this is very different because everything else we have done was Danny Elfman. Yeah. And this one definitely, the tone, I think the score, because Randy Newman's got like this, like, blah, 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 yeah. like a very like, happy-go-lucky kind of thing. And I think that that in particular helps a lot with the darkness that is just here. <clears throat> yeah, I, I will agree to that. I, I think you definitely, I mean, you can tell right off the bat that it's a different tone in like the yeah. soundtrack and all the like musical numbers, I guess. Yeah. Uh, because uh, So it, it's weird because I don't actually find any of these songs like bad. They're sad. They are. Well, except for like the him making the, the, the centipede and making the food. Um, okay, fair. Yes. I'm thinking about the, the way it starts out when he's sitting in his bedroom. It's like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> fucking my God. <laughs> well, so, but but I, I found that while I didn't not like any of this music, like any mm-hmm. of the musical numbers, they weren't as like enrapturing as the, as the other Danny movies. Danny Elfman we, special. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, and I mean, acting. the acting is outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. That's just- yeah. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And like and that is, you don't need big names to have good performances. It's just that you you see a lot of these animated movies where they get like all these big name actors are coming to do it and like they half ass it. Like you can tell when you're watching it. Yeah. Like it's a half ass performance, but sometimes they'll do this and everyone is giving it their all. And I felt like it here. And I thought the ants were just perfect monsters. Yeah, I agree. Like from their makeup to their outfits to like the way they kind of stalked over him, like just monsters. And I thought yeah. that was awesome. Yeah. How old are your children before you show them this? So I showed my sick four year old daughter this day. <laughs> Jesus Christ, how'd you like it? She thought it was fun. Oh man, when they were ha- eating eating the peach, having a peach food fight, oh having a blast. Yeah, the stuff I, she's I'm- just kinda like me. Eh. I wonder because as an adult you watch it and like they're sitting there on the beach and then the the rhino killed his parents. Like I wonder if that goes over the head of a certain age of a child. I mean probably. <laughs> yeah, because like I just know that like literally like, like well shit. Oh <laughs> yeah, watching this, this now I'm like oh and I, the thing is like so I used to have this on VHS and I had yep. three movies that I would kind of rotate between uh watching uh-huh. at night and like my shitty little like 12 yeah i know you're screen. talking about yeah yep. <laughs> i like think it's very similar yeah the built-in vcr player yeah yep. you know. um with so the, it, the it yellow was... red and white cord in the front for your yeah. playstation or gamecube yeah absolutely man <laughs> so I, I had uh batman forever mr freeze that is batman and robin okay i had batman and robin uh hercules and okay this. A man of taste. I, I like thought, it. I love Hercules. Hercules is like one of my favorites. Um, although I did watch Little Mermaid the other time, uh, the other day for the first time in a very long time. It was, it was enjoyable. Still love Hercules. Okay. So. When um, I finish Studio Ghibli eventually, I plan on watching the Disney animated movies in order. Oh man, I I mean I have a I have two young kids. Yeah, I watch <laughs> yeah. them all the time. Um, but uh, this was on rotation. Cool. Um, and I mean it, uh, all that stuff probably went over my head. I don't remember yeah, I, like I, I obviously like I knew his parents died when I went into watching it today, but I was I, I didn't just, like, like happened. I didn't remember then that they died, but yeah, you're totally right. 
Yeah, so it's got to okay. just like go over that. Yeah. We have to rank them, Justin. Okay. Oh my god, I have to like look up a list of all. Oh wait, there's only so, four of them. Yeah, there are only four. So let's go from our favorite to our least favorite. Okay. My favorite was Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, mine is too. I think it's the one that kind of started it all for myself. I'm sure you feel similar. Like, and it's oh, yeah. definitely I... the one that... Okay, so Nightmare is one. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely Nightmare is number one. So I think this is probably where we might do some splitting. Okay. Two for me is Frank and Weenie. I agree. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. I, I I think it's the most adult of them because there's not really a lot of songs in it. Yeah. And I think the just like the ode to a lot of the old horror stuff. Yeah, I, I, and... yeah. And I, I mean, even thinking back on it, like there are two here that I would watch again, like tomorrow, if you asked me to, and it was Nightmare and Frank and Weenie. There's three for me, but I understand your point. Yeah. The third one for me is Corpse Bride. Uh, I like the songs in it. I think they're fun. I think the dead people are a lot of fun. And I think it's really hard to rank them because all these movies are good. Like, there's not, like, they're none of them are bad. It's just yeah. there's different levels of good. Yeah. And so Cork uh, 5 for, was three for me. I think number three for me is James and the Giant Peach. Yes. Uh, okay. I, I, yeah, I, I have a lot of nostalgia for this movie, and yeah. that definitely plays into it. Yeah. And I felt bad putting James and the Giant Peach fourth because, like, I don't have anything bad to say well, about it. Well, that's the thing is, like, like you said, none of these are bad. Yeah. Right, and it's it's kind of like, okay, between, oh fuck, uh, yeah, between like Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, right? Your right, yeah, your yeah, like it's it's yeah. why I can never say Resident Evil Four my favorite game of all time because on the right day it'd be Final Fantasy Ten or the yeah. right day it could be Pokemon Silver, like it, yeah, it depends. They're just up there together. Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. So I was gonna put this in the Patreon section, but because we're kind of recording on a short week. I figured we would just kind of include this here. Okay, I I, enjoy- I, I did include the uh, <laughs> Patreon section in the re- the release I had on Monday because I forgot to edit. Justin is taking a break from editing because this crazy person is working a hundred hours a week and and he needs a little bit of a break. So <laughs> yeah, yes. So I will be editing. So you'll 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 definitely get some peaches in this song. I know. <laughs> I, I will work peaches in your desk to piss off Devin when she listens to it. But um, does she not like that song? She fucking hates it, and I play it every single time we go to the I bar. I fucking love that song. I do too. I, I'll, I'll just sing it randomly just to annoy yeah, her. Yeah, me too. So my question for the Patreon section was: I really enjoyed doing, like, breaking up the horror with something like very like laid back. Like, there's no scores. It's just us kind of hanging out and talking about stuff. Okay. Next season, I would like to do this with musicals. And I would like for each of us to pick three. Easy. Done. Already done. I figured you'd be on I think you're on board with that. We have time, but I think we each pick three musicals and maybe we let the patrons vote to add one in. Okay. I mean I have own. my three right now if you want. We'll save them. We have time. We have time. <laughs> I don't need time. I know them. You said musicals and <laughs> boom, right in my I, I know them right now. Mine would be Phantom of the Opera with Gerard Butler. Yeah. Moulin Rouge. Okay. And Hercules. Ooh, okay. Mine was actually going to be Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> um, okay. uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Um, okay. And Stage Fright, which actually has a uh, meatloaf in it. I've never seen that. No, not a lot of people have. 
you know what? Not, I wanna, it's not great. I want to drop Hercules and do uh, Rocky Horror. Okay. Uh, uh, then I will drop uh, my Phantom and do Hercules. <laughs> okay, perfect. All right. We, we all still win. We yeah, all exactly. still win. Okay, perfect. Well, that will be what we'll do next season then. Like, I have no, okay. like, we haven't even talked about what the next season's content is going to be, but I really liked doing this, and I thought yeah. it was kind of fun. And the thing is, like, the biggest thing difference between this and video games is, like, it's so easy to sit down for an hour and a half to two hours and watch a movie. Exactly. Exactly. And, like, video games are fun. I mean, obviously, we love them and we, we play them, and fuck, you're a video game reviewer, but the amount of effort it's, that goes it's in. It's a lot of work. It's way different. Yeah. Okay, well, that's our review of James and the Giant Peach. We're going to play a quick commercial and then head on in to the closing. Ghosts. Split souls. Monsters. Sociopathic villains. Cold-blooded murders. And nightmares becoming reality. Does this sound like horror to you? Actually, these are all things that can be found in the Harry Potter series. It can be scarier than you might think. I'm Katie. And I'm Audrey. And in our podcast, Wizard Studies, we talk about all these parts of the wizarding world and even some more lighthearted stuff. We can be found anywhere you listen to your podcasts and on Instagram and Facebook as Wizard Studies Podcast and Twitter as Wizard Studies. Now back to your regularly scheduled horror talk on Here's Johnny. So, Justin, what's next week? Oh, Constantine, man. I've been fucking waiting for this since like day one. (laughs) Um, I told Michelle that uh constantine was coming up and she got also very excited she fucking loves this movie more than i do okay um i understand people don't like it it is like a good bad you'll either like it or you won't there's no kind of like in between i've never seen it so i literally only know that's based on the dc comic character and it's got keanu i know nothing outside of that Yes. So I, I, know, I know about the DC character because I read the comics, but I don't know anything about the movie. Oh, so you've read the comics. So you probably know the, the entire story. <laughs> well, I know about... I never read like a, a Constantine comic. Yeah. But he appears in a lot of like Justice League stuff. He okay. appears in some Suicide Squad stuff. Like He's a character in that universe. So yeah. I know about John Constantine. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, no, I won't tell you who else is in it. I'll let that surprise okay. you. Um fuck man i that movie's so good <laughs> i love that movie so much well i'm excited and then guys after that just if you're, if you're playing along we have constantine we have frailty which is shannon's fourth century yes and then we will be doing evil dead rise which i am still working on convincing Devin to go see with me in the theater oh i need to try and figure something out there too um because Devin saw the red band trailer with the cheese grater and she said i'm not watching that really she doesn't like the hyper violence and i usually don't either but there's something about evil dead that makes me like like if it was hostile i would like no thank you but there's yeah. something about evil dead that like gets helps me get past it so so yeah that's the next couple weeks here on the show uh we as always appreciate you hanging out with us and being patient with us you're all great and until next week stay scary the here's johnny podcast is brought to you by Larry and Justin. You can find the show on Twitter at Here's Johnny Cast, and you can find Larry at Beaver LA. You can find Justin at Pickle Thing, and you can email the show at Here's Johnny Podcast at gmail.com. You can look us up on Facebook at Here's Johnny Podcast. As always, in the show notes, you can find links to the Discord. 
and to the website. We are also on Instagram at here's Johnny underscore podcast. Also in the show notes, we'll have a link to the Twitch and YouTube channels. And if you would like to support the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash here's Johnny podcast. Every cent goes into the show. And yeah, we just really use it to make the show better. Again, I just want to say thank you very much to our patrons. Uh, you guys helped make this possible. But yeah, Patreon is the way we support the show. We are looking to get rich. And like Justin said, every dollar, every cent, it all goes back in. There's some pretty cool tiers. So head on and look at that. But until next week, see you guys later.